Welcome to the Top Order podcast. Normal programming resuming with this week in cricket. We're going to talk the 100 Australia West Indies. One day is going on all over the world and an England India preview. But don't despair if you're tuning in for the next episode of our 100 Greatest Cricketers. That will be in your feed very, very shortly as well. But we're going to do this week in cricket coming up after the swish. See you soon. So this week in cricket, 26th of July, the year is 2021. Um, it's the launch of the 100, which has been delayed by a year due to COVID, but kicked off um, last week with the Women's 100 making the debut in the format, at least on our TV screens, uh, followed up by uh, three or four games of the men's tournament. Um, it's on the TV. What do you guys make of it? Raj, I'll come to you first. You, you want to um, go after the graphics first and foremost, don't you? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I'm one for innovation. I love innovation in sport. Uh, but I, I feel like they've tried to gamify it a little bit too much. I think the game being slightly different is enough. Uh, you don't need to make the graphics so so horribly. Like, you're looking at it and you feel a bit uh, disorientated. You're like, what's going on here? Um Maybe confused. Yeah, I'm, I was confused. I was trying to figure out the score, trying to figure out who was actually, because, you know, I must admit, I have n- kind of no idea really who is in who, which team at the moment. I'm still kind of orientating myself with that. And yeah, trying to figure out who's bowling, who's batting. Yeah, it's. I guess it's just different, isn't it? It's not, not what we're used to seeing from a scorecard. It's not what we're used to seeing. Like you said, when you look at the bottom, because you don't know who's in whose team, you're not sure who the bowler <laughs> is, who the batsman is at that time. But look, I think that the actual quality of the cricket is really good. Uh, that, that That's something that, that's really glowing or glaring from the first week or so of, of play. So I'll throw over to you guys for some positive stuff. Yeah, look, I guess we've heard quite a lot about it over the course of our little podcast. We've had a couple of um, opponents to it, I think. Um, I know, Lippy, you've got some questions around how it's affecting English cricket. For me, um, I did intend to get up and watch the first game and and then didn't. Um, So caught the highlights of the first couple of games. Um, And I think that, you know, those were sort of 15, you know, 15, 16 minute packages. So I watched those. And it seemed to me that even though there were highlights packages, they were a bit quicker and, and faster paced than T20 packages, uh, highlights packages. So I thought, is the game actually, does it feel any different to a T20? So I actually went back and watched the first two games um, as live, because you, you can obviously do that nowadays with our um, excellent streaming content. And it does feel quicker. Um, they don't mess about as much in terms of the overrates, um, or sorry, the five <laughs> rates. Um, and, and, you know, there's an obvious reason there. You know, there's less uh, less balls in the over or the five. But it did feel a quicker product. And um, I just wonder whether or not that actually is going to appeal. Um, part of the reason it was brought on board is that it was going to be on terrestrial TV, so free-to-air TV in the UK. And they wanted a product that they could fit into a slot in prime time that people would stick at and they were saying a T20 is too long to fit in that prime time slot because it doesn't allow for um, other programming. So, um, yeah, look, first impressions, really, really good. And um, the one thing I'd say, obviously, it's missing some of the marquee overseas players for obvious reasons, but quality-wise, I reckon it's on a par with a big bash. Um, You've got some decent overseas players and the domestic talent at the moment is decent domestic talent. When the England players disappear, Joss Butler's been playing, Johnny Bairstow's been playing, Owen Morgan's been playing. Um, 
I think Joe Roots even played one, one game for the Trent Rockets. Um, so when they disappear back into the England squad, slightly different uh, stories. Zach Crawley got some runs as well for uh, either the London Spirit or the Oval Invincibles, whoever he was playing for. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think that that will be the real litmus test. And if there are any then COVID issues and we start to have to draft in second 11 uh, county players, then that obviously probably does affect the standard a little bit. The, it's interesting you say that it uh, it felt quicker because I've seen some I saw some people and I must say this is it really feels like the most divisive like when you go on social media you get commentators or, and players kind of going on there going gee it's such a great game the hundred it's so wonderful and um, and then you get the other side where a whole bunch of people are saying oh the hundred this is just ridiculous and all this sort of stuff and one of the people who was negative about the on that side was saying, well, it's only one minute slot uh, faster than a normal T20 is. You know, it took 74 minutes. It's supposed to blah, 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 and all, all this kind of stuff. So that that was interesting. But, I mean, I, I was – you were talking about the, the quality of the, the cricket. Um, I, I read I – I've been trying to figure out in my head because, to me, when I think about this, I think – this is great for English cricket. Like, it's going to build the depth of English cricket. You look at the IPL and what that's done and how they've... It, it seems now that any Indian players, they've just got so much depth. They get experience from great overseas players come in. They get to play with those players, play against those players. Anytime those Indian players step up, it doesn't seem to be a big deal for them now to play international cricket. I don't see why that's not going to have the same effect for English cricket if... You know, if that's the result. So I read George DeBell's article, and I mean, the first thing he said is cricket is a great game. So you watch cricket, and it's a game of cricket, and cricket is a great game, and cricket's fun to watch, and that's been like that for the hundred. But, you know, his question was at what cost? And, and maybe someone can kind of explain that to me because I don't really understand how it's hurting the counties so much. Well, one of the reasons it's hurting the counties at the moment is the Royal London Cup is on at the same time as the 100. So the 18 first-class counties are playing what is the only 50-over tournament um, in the English domestic game. Um, So you've actually got your players that are playing in the 100 are missing from their Royal London Cup teams. Um, Any international players, England players, that would normally potentially be made available for those Royal London Cup games are obviously not available for them for international duty, but even if they were, um, the 100 would usurp um, that particular tournament as well. But isn't that just expanding the depth? Doesn't that mean then you've got your second 11 players getting exposed to better cricket and then you're... I'm just explaining the argument that (laughs) is coming from the county fans. And Mm. and I think that that's the biggest thing is that they they think it's marginalising... Um, county cricket and um, I was listening to George DeBell um, I, I think he was on a, the following on podcast um, talking about it and the one criticism he did have or, uh, amongst another of uh, you know a number of others was he was told essentially that being a county fan was something less because they were trying to make this appeal to people that weren't county fans mm. and he was saying well if it wasn't for me cricket wouldn't exist in the way that it exists well, how dare you you know have a go at me for you know supporting um, county cricket for me, I, I've got a slightly different take on it. We, we needed a we needed a franchise tournament. Um, let, let's not forget that the UK were the pioneers of day night twenty twenty cricket back in two thousand and three. There was razzmatazz around. I remember going to Edgebaston and watching Warwickshire play. Alan Donald steaming in off about forty metre run up, and it was zipping through to the keeper, and it was a fantastic spectacle. Um, and it's taken us nearly twenty years. Um, to kind of bring that to to the franchise um, sort of level and and really have that showcase. 
Um, so for me, I, I think it, you know it, it's been well needed in the uh, in the ECB's not only in, from a financial perspective, but you know to put that game on on the map as well. Yeah, that, it's interesting, and I mean, uh, yeah, we can we'll see what happens right in the next in the coming years if the survival of the fittest. Yeah, you know, um, we've we've seen the IPL window, haven't we? It's become all important. Why? Because the players want to play in it. And the fans want to watch it. Yep. Um, and we all took the piss out of T20, didn't we? Even the players with their retro jerseys and their retro hairstyles and their retro bucket hats thought it was a bit of, you know, shits and giggles. Now look at it. Not shits and giggles now when you're getting three or four million bucks to go and play eight weeks of IPL cricket. Mm. Spot on. We should probably move on now to Australia West Indies, which was obviously a bit disrupted by COVID this week. You know, inevitably that just keeps, keeps hanging around it and we can't shake it. But... Baldy, I mean, what what are your thoughts uh, on on Australia's performances? When when I looked through that Australian lineup for that second ODI, I just have I just sort of go I didn't didn't really realise hardly any of these players were international players at, at this point. You know, I, I, I touched on it last time we talked about Australia, but I'm kind of really confused at who Australia's best players are. I think some of the Australian players, well, not maybe the Australian players, but some of the Australian selectors might be still asking themselves what's our best 11 going into the world, uh, the T20 World Cup in a couple of months. I think Australia, if you have a look at the players who've played in that West Indies series, other than Mitchell Marsh, in that batting lineup, no one has really said, pick me for the World Cup. He's probably the only one that will, will have helped his case. I think so far... Philippe and McDermott have been given opportunities and haven't really capitalised on those. Okay, some of those wickets are a little bit harder to score on. We saw both Australia and the West Indies in the one-day internationals struggle in the top order. West Indies may have sorted out their their bottom order batting in that second one-day international to chase Australia's 170 all out or 180 all out or whatever it was. But for me, I'm I'm still trying to figure out which Australian side is real. Is it the bowling attack that bowled West Indies out for 120 and Mitchell Stark looked like a world beater? Or is it the bowling attack that got destroyed by the West Indies 4-1 in the T20 series? So I don't really know which one is real at the moment. I'm hoping that Stark can re... Um, can keep that, that form that he found in that first ODI alive because when he's swinging the ball, it's very, very difficult to get him away, and he can be quite devastating at the top of the order. The thing that gives me hope is that Trent Bolt was incredibly successful in UAE conditions this time last year in the um, in the IPL, mm. swinging the ball early and making life difficult for the batters in that first three or four overs in the power play. So I'm hopeful that he can maintain that kind of spark of form that he's got. But for the rest of the players, no one has really stepped up at all other than Marsh and nailed down his position for that T20 World Cup. I think you're actually seeing the real Australia in that, they're a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Just with all the players that are missing and the experience that's missing or, or the people there that are, are very green, mm. just you're going to get that sort of inconsistent inconsistent performance. Can I ask a question? Why is it that we're missing uh, David Warner, Steve Smith, Pat Cummins? I think, looking from the outside, that Australia are prioritising the upcoming Summer Ashes series. Over this t- t- over the preparation for this T20 World Cup. Maybe not the tournament itself. I'm still hopeful that those guys will play. But I think those guys are going right. I've got T20 World Cup. I've got IPL. I've got little miscellaneous sort of rats and mice tournaments in between or rats and mice series in between. But the big carrot is the, the Summer Ashes series against England in Australia. 
And I think those guys are setting themselves up for that. Because, I mean, I looked back at their schedule. So they didn't they didn't go on a tour to South Africa because of COVID. They also pulled out of a tour to Zimbabwe. Uh, and, you know, the team that came to New Zealand was, again, uh, a side without those stars. So I just, from a rest perspective, I feel like that's sort of out the window now. This is something else. Like, well, they, these were scheduled rests for uh, for Warner and Cummins. I, I don't know when in the thing they were scheduled, if they were scheduled before that South Africa series got cancelled and then they went, oh, well, we'll still have that rest, thanks. And um, But Smith's, Smith's recovering from an injury and, and that's why he's not there. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, it's, it's just so confusing. I just have no idea what this Australian side is. I mean, you would think that they're all going to be there for that T20 World Cup because they're going to play IPL and just go straight into that. Yeah, they will. So, yeah, so they'll all be there. I'd be stunned if any of them are not at that tournament. But, yeah, you, you would think that they'll need some sort of build-up to, to build a bit of momentum. That's going to be the real challenge for Australia is they're going to have zero build-up. They're going to have to integrate Finch and Warner together at the top of the order. They're going to have to find room for Smith there probably somewhere in the top of that middle order three maybe four they're going to have to find a spot for Maxwell because he I think he's the he's the one guy who I would build that that innings around in terms of that that middle order four five six so wherever he wants to bat that's where he bats and everyone else fits in around him for me I guess the saving grace though is all these players now are going from one tournament to another and they've got to switch it on straight away you know we saw um, you know, no warm-up game for India before the World Test Championship final. They did, you know, they, they played okay. Um, obviously, the result didn't go the way that they would have wanted it to. I think I've said it as well. We'll only really know the answer to this question after these cycles, won't we? Have they got it absolutely right in terms of bringing guys out the firing line, at, at firing line, you know, mental rest and recuperation as well as physical? And, um, you know, that, that might be the blueprint that other teams start to follow um, if we get this sort of bubble fatigue and bubble burnout as we go. One, one thing that I want to know about this series, and, and it's really struck me, and obviously it happens in other series as well, but I've been so confused that the West Indies batting lineup, for example, just looked unstoppable in that T20 series. They're just smashing it all over the place. How come when you go to a longer format when you've got more time to actually get your runs, you can't even get the same score that you got in 20 overs? Top two inches. It's the, yeah, the you guys, you know, your Andre Russells, your Chris Gales, your, your your Dwayne Bravos, having those people in your team, I think, creates a different sort of mindset. And, and you can see it. It's like chalk and cheese, isn't it? PlayStation but, generation. No no, <laughs> no, uh, no longevity. But but to be fair, the West Indies is well aware of it. And they've talked yeah. a lot about mentally preparing themselves to bat. Mm. So it, it's good that they are acknowledging that. I think the West Indies side is looking even stronger for this T20 World Cup. Yeah. Sort of coming out of that five... Uh, T20s against Australia we know what their kind of best 11 is or pretty close to it they've got 14 or 15 guys that they could take to that tournament and get into the final I think I think the West Indies are a real strong contender now I've not looked at the TAB but they're going to be they've got to be up there in the in the sort of betting I would have thought for yeah. the tournament yeah the um, there's a few other series going on around the world India Sri Lanka which uh, I don't think we can even view here in New Zealand um, India sort of one and a ha- one B Sri- and ha- Sri Lanka thirds. Uh, sorry, India thirds versus Sri Lanka, isn't it? Yeah, as yeah. Well, well and, and sort of half of Sri Lanka's team aren't, aren't really eligible. We've got we've had Sri Lanka, uh, South Africa, Ireland, and, and Zimbabwe, Bangladesh. So a few different series that we're not really going to dive into. But I, I guess uh, the point probably I want to make is is we talked about last time how Sri Lanka have you know we're really worried about them qualifying even or certainly for automatic qualification for that next uh, ODI World Cup. A very valuable win for them to sneak. In India, I think, gave five players a, a debut in the in the third ODI once they had the series wrapped up. 
but with Ireland taking a one day off South Africa and then also getting a rain out, so they get some pick up some points there. Sh- Sri Lanka picking up that win is actually going to be really, really crucial going forward for them. But it's probably time for a swish, and then should we come back with uh, England India after that? Back up to the swish. So a county select 11 took on India last week in their warm-up for this upcoming uh, test series. Uh, Lippy, I'll come to you um, first because you've made a, a few notes here. And I, I don't want um, to read the first one out, that's for sure, because it, it'll look as if it's a little bit biased. Oh, well, they're, they're not my notes. They're Baldy's notes about liking the balance of the England squad. I, I would um, The first point that you raised about the, the county 11, I mean, great timing for Hamid is probably the, the place to start there. I mean, we touched on him a little bit uh, after we touched on him uh, about being in the last squad. We, we got a message on Twitter saying that he played a little bit of cricket down here in Wellington, club cricket. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a little side note. Um, but yeah, great timing for him to get that 100. And I mean, is, is we've talked about how that English batting lineup has been so fragile the last few months. Is he going to get a shot, you reckon? Look, I really don't know. England have been pretty conservative with their selections and um, you know they've said it a million times. We'd rather give a guy one game too many than uh, one game too few. So, uh, look, I can't see them making a change, but he's made a bloody compelling case with his early season um, county form for knots in the county championship. The way he's gone about his innings as well, he looks as if he's, um, you know, actually got down the gym. Um, he's got, you know, got the Smith machine and he's, you know, he's got a decent weights program um, going. So look, I, I, I absolutely think that, you know, he's at the races. Um, the question I'd ask, if you were the in- Indian bowling attack, who would you rather come out to open the batting with, you know, Raj's best mate, Rory Burns? Would it be Sibley um, or would it be Hamid? Um, and I know the Indians rated Hamid back in his debut series in, I think, 2016, 2017. Yeah, for me, I, I would rather see Sibley opening if I was an Indian quick. Uh, he's got a few flaws in his technique. Uh, and as you said, Hamid actually played really well in India back 2016, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, what my question is just to, just to go back a, a step. The New Zealand series where, um, you know, Eng- England lost that series 1-0. Yep, that's that's accurate. Yeah, <laughs> is, does that does that sort of get thrown out of the window a little bit? Like, is this a fresh series? We're going to give people another chance, and then if there's a problem, we will pivot then. Or are they going to pivot based on that England New Zealand series? Yeah, look, I'll go back to my point. I, I think they've shown over the last three or four years they don't pivot quickly. They you know that they, they stick to their selections. Um, the one thing I'd say is obviously Hamid has now been around the squad a little bit, so you know they are, they have got him back in the reckoning. Um, and look, that hundred kind of hurt against a pretty decent um, Indian attack yeah, um, as well. Um, so and look, I guess if there was a question mark, it was when he played in India against uh, against India. Um, obviously, conditions a little bit different. Um, he's a reasonable player of, of spin. He actually got his finger broken by a quick in that um, series. The fact that he's played in England against a reasonable pace attack as well and, and got a hundred, I think you know goes in his uh, goes in his favour potentially. I would pick him. I don't think they will. I agree with you. I, I'm really excited about Hamid's potential return to international cricket in this series. 
that was my note. I like the balance of this England squad much, much better now that they've got Stokes back. So Stokes will come in for Dan Lawrence in that middle order. Um, much more starch in terms of that middle order batting as well as a bowling option for but England. There's a there's a question mark, I think, over Pope as well from an mm. injury perspective. So he's coming back from uh, from injury. So I, look, I definitely think Stokes comes in, um, but I think Pope and Lawrence you are know, bracketed are kind for of injury. Bracketed, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if if Pope is fit, he'll play. Yeah. Butler in there at seven, I would imagine. And then your bowling attack looks much better rounded now with Sam Curran back, uh, Mark Wood, uh, Anderson Broad, Ollie Robinson and two spinners to choose from in that squad. So there's a lot to like about the balance of that bowling attack and then adding Ben Stokes back into that middle order just gives them much more starch for me. This looks like a good England side, uh, one that can take it to India. Do we have any mail on Jofra Archer's injury? Yeah, so he, he, he is um, making a return slowly. and. Um, the reports suggest that he's probably just not got enough workload um, to be considered from a Red Bull perspective at the moment. So um, apparently might start to appear for, I think, the Southern Brave in the 100. Um, yeah, based uh, yeah based down in the South, surprisingly, with the, with the no. Um, yeah, so, but I, I don't think considered for selection given his, you know, his comeback from injury. Well, these these the squad is for the first two tests, I, th- I believe. So, yeah, so, you know, we, we will see... Uh, a bit after that on on what they're going to do. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Baldy, around that bowling attack, But and I, I do like that. I mean, it's always been a strength when you've got Anderson and Broad in there. They're all, their bowling attack's always going to be a chance, especially in their home conditions. But I just still have massive, massive questions about this batting lineup. To me, Joe Root's going to have to score a load and load of runs, much the same way we said when we were talking about the series and the New Zealand series and saying Joe Root's going to have to get a lot of runs. Mm. It's going to be exactly the same for me. I just don't see how that, that he's side have more gets support, enough though. runs. He's going to have more support with Stokes there and with Butler there. He's going to have more experienced players around the rookies. What they didn't have in, in the New Zealand series was experienced players, enough experience around those rookies. So now at five and at seven, you've got more experience to bat around Pope at six, around Crawley at three. I still um, think Bairstow they're back it. in the squad as well. And Bairstow's back there as well. Yep. Is he just there for cover or, or is he being considered in their best 11? I think he's obviously in there for cover as a keeper. We saw what happened when you picked your 17th best keeper as cover. Um, and unfortunately, then your first best keeper goes down with a hamstring injury and you, you play your 17th best keeper and it didn't go well. So I think that's why Bairstow's in there. Um, but look, he, he's gone out and got some runs in this uh, you know, one-day um, series, it, it runs in the 100 already. Yeah. He's a decent cricketer. He good he, in the 100, actually. He's at the, the well in India, too, batting at three. He was, he's he at was the races. A, a, a high point in that otherwise disappointing and, series for and, them. And we forget Crawley as well, has struggled with form as well. So, look, I'm probably with Lippy that I think there's still... Um, the fact that we've debated this and we've we've mentioned about nine players for the top six <laughs> but probably means that... You know, there are some questions still, yeah, yeah probably. A few, a few questions, uh, questions to answer for sure. What, what about... Uh, does anyone have any other points on England before we move to India? Yeah, the only thing I would say is Ollie Robinson for me. Um, and I, I think I texted you boys. Um, if not you boys, it was my other uh, WhatsApp cricket chat. Um, and I think I asked, how do we get... It wasn't you boys, was it? No. Um, so, That's awkward. Um, <laughs> He's been cheating hashtag, on us with another group of cricket fans. So, yeah, our voice disguise are on the podcast as well. Cricket friend. All those guys on the Smith machine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so look, I, I think I asked the question, how do we get Robinson in? Because um, the fact he's back in the squad... Um, I think he plays ahead of Sam Curran. You know, I, I think with Wokes injured, R- Robinson for me is the like-for-like like, um, line bowler. Um, and he was I thought he was fantastic um, in his debut series against New Zealand. So I think he deserves to play. 
Um, so yeah, my, my question really is around the grounds. I think Nottingham, not really known um, for its spinning conditions. You know, it was great. Graham Swan went there um, basically because he wanted to bowl at a ground where he didn't get as much assistance as when he was at Northampton prior to that because he wanted to prove he could play on flat wickets um, that were seamer friendly. Um, so I think there's a chance that England go in with that all seam attack again and, and Leach and Best both miss out. So that, you know, makes it a bit easier. Um Baldy's point is the key one, though, here. Ben Stokes is available, and if he can sling down um, eight, nine overs in a day, um, that gives you the ability to get your uh, your chicken dinner in there as well. Uh, on to India then. W- what do we make of their build-up? Because, I mean, we, we talked about their build-up in the lead-up to the World Test Championship final. Obviously, they didn't have a lot of cricket before then. And now, because of the scheduling, they've just been over in England now for another kind of month before they get to this series. They've had... A you know, a couple of warm-up games. I think they had a this, yeah, this select 11. They've, I'm sure they've been, you know, in the nets. Yeah, you know, might have had a, a practice game as well. But it, it feels like they're dis- they've had some disrupted build-up once again. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised at how long they were allowed to, you know, break away and go do their own thing for a little bit mm. in England. But, look, I think that they've had cricket. They've, they've played that test match in... England, they they won't be coming in cold, I don't think. So I think I think they'll be prepared. Their bowlers, especially Boomer, started to look really um, really menacing uh, towards the end of that um, end of that game in mm-hmm. that test match. Uh, so look, I think the bowlers have got some some overs under them or overs into their legs, and the batsmen will do what they do. But it's hard to bat in England. We've seen that. We've talked about the averages um, historically. So I think that's going to that's where it's going to come down to who can score more runs in the top order. And uh, Baldy, do you want to talk about Ashwin because uh, he's just had a little county stint and uh, looked great. Looked, took, I saw him take a, a hundred thousand wickets, a bag of wickets cricket at the moment. He opened the bowling in one game. I saw bowl the first over an inning. So he's been fantastic. To me, the question is whether or not they play two spinners. Um, because they did in the World Test Championship final and it didn't quite work for them. Yes, weather played a part, uh, but it just felt like in as that final went on, India didn't quite have the right balance of their side for the conditions. So if we see wickets that aren't going to pr- provide a lot of assistance to to spin, are we going to see India tweak that lineup a bit and go in with six batters, um, punt, and then four bowlers, Ashwin, and then three seamers? Uh, so that's going to be the real question for me. Uh, whether or not we see Jadeja as good as he is in the Indian side again. I think the thing for India, well, if I was selecting the side, is that Jadeja's just about as good as those other batting options that they have. So, uh, you know, I think I think that's what makes him such a compelling case to always be in the squad. And I think when we were talking about, um, you know, his inclusion, I guess, in your, your Hall of Fame that we've been talking about, and you, you sort of talked to me, I, I was wanting to make the case for him to be there, and, but then you sort of talked me around by saying, well, how can you pick someone who's in the best 100 cricketers of all time that can't even make their own t- Test 11? And I, I guess that, you know, I'm very conflicted about that because he's such a... You, you look at his stats and they're just unbelievable. And oh, he's, he's an just, incredible cricketer. He's performed so well recently. I think, I think if Punt plays, so Punt is kind of should be okay at this point to get back into that test side for the first test. 
if he plays, he bats at six, and then Jadeja probably can slot in at seven, and that's probably tickety-boo. But if they have to play Ridiman Saha, I think Ridiman Saha would bat at seven, and they need a guy to bat at six. And then the question is, can Jadeja bat in the top six in a test side? And that's a maybe yes, maybe no for me. So that I think punts fitness might play a factor in their decision-making a little bit. I think they have to play that, that six batsman. And whether if they looked at the World Test Championship, where they fell down is they had one less batsman, and they didn't have that extra seamer which they needed. Jadeja's stats, as you're talking about, they're great. They're great in India. He's played really well in India, and I think that there is a bit of a bit of skew there for his home tests. Uh, hasn't really played as much around the world. Uh, but look, he's a great player. But I think that if they want to, if they're serious about winning it, that's the kind of makeup they have to go with six batsmen and the keeper and the four bowlers. Uh, and and there's yeah, I mean, you talk about all those batsmen. There's been a lot of. Uh this disruption in terms of injuries as well. It seems like Rahane's under a bit of a cloud. We've had Shubman Gill go home. Prithvi Shaw and Surya Kumar Yadav have joined the squad. So we kind of don't know necessarily. This Hanuma Vahari is also there. We sort of don't know what the makeup of that squad is. Sounds like KL Rahul might be kind of in the mix now that he scored 100 in that, that warm-up game, particularly if Rahane's injured. So, yeah, I, I mean, what are we thinking in terms of predictions for this series do, do, do we think that Rahul's a chance to keep wicket if Pant isn't there as well? That's a possibility. He's, he's, yeah. he's back in the squad. Oh, he's back in the squad. Pant's back in the squad. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, so Pant plays, and then Rahul's probably leading now as, bat, as back, bat, bat, batting bat, and wicket keeping cover. Bat, yeah. So predictions, Lippy, was the was the question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one wants to go first. I'll go. Five tests, four one to India. Yeah, I, I think. I think. You know, English summer. I think we might lose a test potentially in in three one as well. I, I think, I really think India is just the better cricket side. We talk, you know, I've talked about it a lot. Their amazing depth and their amazing uh, balance of their side, and and that they kind of have cricketers for all conditions now. And yeah, you know, I just have serious concerns about that English batting lineup. I do think that if England is going to get a test off them. They're a great chance to get it in the first couple while India's sort of working their way into this series. And, you know, I think their record in first tests is, is pretty average uh, of a series. And it, India's. Yeah. And England's is as well. So, yeah. 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 Um, but, I mean, you know, that I think that English bowling attack, as I said, is kind of good enough to win, a, win at least one game because, you know, Anderson Broad, you just cannot write off their pedigree and what they've been able to do year and year out. And that, yeah, I, th- I think they're good enough to win a test, but whether they can kind of snag two and make it an interesting series, I, I have my concerns. Yeah, I guess this bowling attack is, is very suited. It's like kryptonite to the Indians. If you have a look at what happened in Adelaide, where India were bowled out for 30-odd, that was all Josh Hazelwood taking five for eight or whatever it is, just bowling good lengths, putting the ball in the right area. And that, that's what Broad and Anderson are going to do. I think that... I think it'll be. I think it'll be closer. I think it'll. I would go three one. That's what you guys have all gone with. But I'm going to go three two to India. Uh, no lost. No lost games. Yeah, for me, same score line three two. Yep. I'm not going to say who two though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look, I'm going to actually have a bit of optimism for a change. I, I think we have got a really really good group of bowlers at the moment. Um, with Robinson, with Curran, Wokes, I think will return to fitness um, and be around for those um, when they name the squad for the, the rest of the series. Archer could come back into the reckoning towards the end of it as well. Um, we've got Mark Wood. So look, I, I think we've got a seeming attack that could actually provide a little bit of a... It's strange to talk about an upset winning at home, but um, yeah, look, I, I'm going to go 3-2 England. 
I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it be a, be a fascinating series. Awesome. Well, look, that just about wraps up this this week in cricket um, episode. Watch out in the feed, though, for our next instalment of our 100, um, which hasn't pissed off the counties uh, too much just yet. As <laughs> Better we- graphics, too. Oh. <laughs> Well, on that bombshell, I think it's a good time uh, to end the podcast. And from all of us here, it's good night and God bless. We'll speak to you soon. See ya. See ya.